there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. We kicked off the series last week, Revelation. Now, I'm again giving emphasis to the idea of this. There's no way we can cover the entire book of Revelation on a Sunday morning, whether one sermon or multiple sermons, because it takes years of study. It takes years of study and understanding and getting into the word of God. But what we're attempting to do just here in these few weeks is to understand certain important elements that take place in the book of Revelation. Now, for those of you that have been with us a long time, know this. We haven't done a series on Revelation for a long time, if ever. Now, we've, done, we've talked about the coming of Jesus. We've talked about the elements that uh, take place in Revelation. But we've never covered Revelation in its entirety, and we won't do that on Sunday morning. That's reserved for our Wednesday nights. But Revelation here to, today, as it stands, if you want to know more about it, you need to come to the, to the classes But as it stands here this morning, I want to talk about a couple of elements that play a key role in every one of our lives. This message this morning is entitled, Here Comes Trouble. You ever seen somebody and said that to yourself? Some of you look at your spouse and be like, here comes trouble. A friend or someone you work with, here comes trouble. But the truth is that the world is headed in the direction It is inevitable. How many know it's inevitable? It's going to happen. Whether we like it or not, whether we love it or not, whether we preach about it or not, I've had more responses in the last week about how appreciative people feel about us talking about Revelation. It's important. Why? Because the rapture is the single belief that affects everyone, period. The rapture will affect those that go and those that stay. Friend, that's everybody. Those that go and those that stay. I talked about the rapture last week when we talked about the concept uh, of of how the scripture teaches Revelation uh, and in Revelation about the rapture and the belief that all righteous Christians, dead or alive, will be taken up to heaven. That's called the rapture. We talked about that in depth last week. If you want to know more about that, download the podcast, take a listen, and I think you might even find a copy on CD back there. When that takes place, the rapture, what we understand in Scripture is that when believers are taken up from this earth, this earth will be left with a lot of holes, a lot of questions, a lot of concern. And it is in that concern that the tribulation will be kicked off. We learned one thing also last week is that the rapture is not the second coming of Jesus. They're two separate, entirely separate entities. They're two separate events found in Scripture. The rapture is God's call, look at me now, God's call of his church to come to him. The second coming is when Christ comes to us. 
not necessarily us, but the earth. You follow me? So we look at this very, and we talked, this is all last week, the rapture of the church. We talked about how God takes his people and that is separate from the second coming that comes down the timeline. That's down the timeline. And the timeline between the rapture and the second coming is a seven-year period. And that's what we pick up this week. According to the Bible, we understand that every true Christian that has ever existed throughout the course of the entire era will be instantaneously transformed into a perfectly resurrected body. How many could use a perfectly resurrected body this morning? Come on, I get a lot of revival happening in that area right there, a little bit over there. Come on, resurrected bodies. I got, a, I got this thing going on. It's been in the shop one too many times. I need a resurrected body. And Romans talks about that in Romans 8.23, how, how we will be in our perfectly resurrected body and thus escaping the trials of tribulation. Now listen closely. Those who become Christians after the rapture will still have to go through the tribulation. Friend, you don't want to be here during the tribulation. Friend, the tribulation is everything. And that is exactly why this message is entitled, Here Comes Trouble. The tribulation, let's talk about it for a few moments. Can I do that? Because there's a lot that takes place between uh, the chapters that we're discussing here. And I want to start off by uh, moving from the rapture into the next big event, the, the tribulation. is specifically a seven-year period, like I mentioned, that marks the final years of the world as we know it. Because now things change. Daniel 9.27 tells us this. Daniel 9.27 says, he will conform... Uh, he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering. Now, what is this talking about? Well, this is talking about that there will be peace on earth for a time, and the, uh, the one who is the Antichrist actually will begin to unveil himself a little more, and in this time, you will see that there will be a covenant made during those seven years, and there will be peace to some degree, and, uh, but then there's something will happen. And Daniel says, and at the temple, he will then set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed and poured out on him. Some people believe that this is the exact seven years that will happen in the end times already going on. And this tribulation is going to be unlike anything you've ever experienced. Matthew goes on to tell us this. Matthew goes on to say, for then there will be great tribulation. This tribulation such as not has been, uh, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no nor ever shall be. What is it saying? The world will face problems like it's never faced before. Unseen, unknown, untapped, unlike anything you've ever seen. The time on earth will be unprecedented. We will have no way to gauge this is just like that. There will be no gauge. The earth will experience um, a form of, of punishment that has never been seen by man. Now, 
This is, I know, I, I understand one thing is for sure, this is heavy to take on a Sunday morning. I'm like, can we just sing Kumbaya or something? But I would be doing a disservice to you without telling you the truth of what is to come. And Revelation is very clear of what is to come. So let me talk about three in very basic, simple form. Three things that are going to take place during the chapters 6, 7, and 8. And you'll read it in your Bible if you read it. And these three things are the overview that we're going to touch on. And then we'll touch on a couple of others after that. First is the seals. Let me give you a basic synopsis of this. There's the seals, there's the trumpets, and then there are the bowls. And all these things will be unfolded during this time. So let me talk about this for a moment. Follow with me because I got to enter a teaching mode a little bit in order to get through this. Are you with me? Who's ready? Okay. So I got a lot of, I got a lot of things on the screen that you just need to follow along because they are similar to the plagues of Egypt as God tried to get Pharaoh's attention. They came a point when it all changed from getting their attention to the disapproval of God and how man just did not get what God was trying to say. Much of what God does is based out of waiting and being patient with us. How many, raise your hand if God has been patient with you, right? If you didn't raise your hand, I really would love to have a conversation with you because you must be absolutely amazing. He's had patience with all of us. But let me, again, in, in a skim form, give you a couple things that are going to take place in Revelation. Are you with me? First, the seals. Seal number one, Revelation 6-2. False prophets will arise. In other words, people who go out and teach lies about Jesus, about the word, and these things will happen. That's seal number one. That's one of the things that will take place. Then seal number two was opened, and Revelation 6, 3, and 4 begins to unfold this. Watch this now. If you have your Bibles, turn there, Revelation 6, and follow along with me. Revelation 6, 3, and 4, warfare and bloodshed will happen at the forefront of our, of, of our, uh, our beloved planet. Seal number three, according to Revelation 6, famine will begin to hit the world unlike anything we've ever seen. No, famine is not, I have not eaten much since lunch, though it may feel like that. That's a little bit more like famished. Famine, my friend, means there will be a lack of food and a lack of opportunity for food. Seal number four will be opened. And Revelation 6, 7, and one-fourth, listen to me now, one-fourth, that is a quarter of the world's population will die from famine, sword, and sickness. Why? Because I'm hungry, I will fight for my food, and because I fight for my food, people will get aggressive and people will die. That is the fourth seal. Fifth seal the martyrs cry out to God asking for justice and the end to come. The end will come. And this is the beginning of seal six where there will be a great earthquake. And we read there in seal six that there's a great earthquake and the sun becomes dark. The moon becomes red as blood and the stars of the sky fall to the earth. 
Let me stop for a moment. I want to make it crystal clear as I made it last week. This is not fear-mongering. This is not me telling you to be afraid and, and worry and concerned. This is not to get some sort of response from you that I'm not asking for. I'm telling you what the word of God says. I'm telling you what will happen on this earth. Friend, this is terrifying and will be terrifying for those that are here. When stars are falling from the sky and hitting this earth, you will know it. And then seal seven will open and revelation eight is very clear that silence in heaven for an hour and seven angels will be given trumpets. Silence. It's awkward. Silence will be punishment. We get awkward with 10 seconds. Can you imagine heaven being silent for one hour? Friend, the earth has not seen the wrath of God. They will get a taste during the seals. Now, we move on. And the trumpets, we move on to Revelation chapter 8. These are just the next, some of the next things. Again, I'm hitting major points. The trumpets, after the angels receive the trumpets, what will happen? Trumpet number one, Revelation 8, 7 says, Hail and fire fell from the earth that a third of the sea was set on fire. A third of the trees were burned and a third of the grass was burned. Trumpet number two, Revelation 8, tells us that mountains were on fire and thrown into the sea. A third of the sea becomes blood as well as a third of the living in sea dies and a third of the ships destroyed. Friends, chaos will ensue. Trumpet number three, stars will fall. A third of the rivers and the springs will be affected. A third of the drinking water will become bitter. And those who drank it will also pay a price. Trumpet number four. A third of the sun, moon, and stars become dark. A third of the day, a third of the night are completely black. Listen, I, I grew up in New York City, and there are streetlights everywhere. And sometimes I felt safer in New York City than I did out here in the country. Because y'all don't have no lights anywhere. Darkness is weird for those who are among light a lot. Those who are used to having light, street lights, and all these things. But there'll be darkness on the earth. This is real happenings. Now listen, let me make this clear. Believers are not here. Believers are not here. Trumpet. Number five, locusts with stingers like scorpions will actually sting those who don't know Christ. Listen, I, don't, I didn't make this stuff up. Read this in Revelation 9. 1 through 12, locusts with stingers like scorpions will sting and, they will, and, and people will suffer in pain for months, but it will not kill them. It will merely be pain excruciating pain. Trumpet number six, huge army is released. Heads like lions wore armor on their horse like bodies. Fire came from their mouths. 
tails with snake heads, and at one point, a third of the people on the earth were killed. Trumpet number seven. Revelation 11, moving a few chapters forward. At trumpet number seven, the announcement of the king coming will also happen now. For those of you on social media and are part of our group page, I will post these notes. You will see these. But I want to encourage you with something. God has been warning and warning and warning and warning for generations upon generations, from the youngest and the oldest in this room, I need you to hear me and hear my heart. I need you to hear what I'm about to tell you. That he does not want this for his creation. God never wanted this. But the irony that is before us is simply this. Look at me. The irony is this. That man was supposed to care for this earth. And now the earth, the earth pays the price for sin not taking care of this earth. The sin of man brings the very landscape that God said, take care of this, till the ground, take care of this. This is, this is your place to live in, your place to dwell in, take care of it. And we didn't because we sinned and we couldn't care, we could care less. Our families are dying, our friends are dying, and we're asking, where is my favorite song? Why can't they sing it? Why can't my church do this more? Why can't this person at my job do this more? Why can't this person be more like this? And the whole world is dying, and we're more concerned with the things that are not eternal. And this is when God says enough is enough. And wrath comes upon the earth, the very earth we're supposed to take care of. The irony there is unmatched. Sin brings earth to its knees. The earth responds and begins to fall apart. Third thing. The bowls. This, my friend, is another layer, the third and final layer. The bowls, bowl number one, sores break out on everyone who follows the Antichrist. Antichrist doesn't just mean he is against Christ. In fact, what it really means, he's the false hope. Did you hear that? It's not just meaning he's against Christ. In fact, he will look a lot like Christ. He will have the following of Hitler, the oracles of whoever you should deem oracly fit, and he will have the influence of Mother Teresa. This person will look like everything we've ever asked for, the Antichrist. But instead, he will be the opposite, the antithesis. The one who looks like, but isn't, Christ. Not at me if you get what I'm saying. I need you to hear this because this is real 
prophecy. This is going to happen whether you believe it or not. You can walk out of this room today and say, I don't believe in anything that Puerto Rican said. You know them Bronx kids, they just... I'm not telling you a single thing I didn't read in Revelation. I'm not telling you a sin. I'm not adding commentary. I'm just putting a synopsis together, an overview for you to see that sores break out on everyone who follows the Antichrist. Bowl number two, the sea becomes completely full of blood and all sea, listen, all sea creatures now then begin to die. Bowl number three, rivers and springs turn into blood, contaminating everything that mankind needs to live. Friends, the bowls are another level, another layer and another level. Sun becomes so hot it burns. Bowl number five, the earth becomes dark. Bowl number six, the armies of the world and the spirit are gathered at the final battle against Jesus and his followers. In fact, that is going to be the going trend at this point before Jesus returns, right? He did this to us, so now we will battle him. And friend, trust me, when you battle Christ, it is a one-sided affair. Friend, there is no battle. It's a slaughter. It's a slaughter. And mankind will look up and snub God and they'll be standing with who they think is their hope and that one is the very opposite of hope. He's everything we ever never needed. Battling the one we ever needed. He's the one we never needed. Battling the one we've always needed. Bowl number seven, the greatest earthquake the world has ever Seen. Look at me. The greatest earthquake the world has ever seen. Islands. Look at me. Islands will disappear. Mountains leveled. Yes, even the ones on 15. We'll talk about that. Right? Layers and layers of mountains leveled. Giant hail will fall from the sky. Pastor Tony, I'm so encouraged this morning by these amazing words you have for me. Listen, I, I didn't choose this job to tickle ears. I came to rescue people from the bondage of sin. I came to depopulate hell. That's my job. To send people to the feet of Jesus. That's my goal. So I know that what I'm telling to you between this overview, if you can put that overview back up there, these things that I just mentioned to you just a few moments ago from the, uh, the bowls and the trumpets and the seals, not in that order, right? The seals, the trumpets, the bowls, those three, that overview of all these things, these things happen. But guess what? That's not the end of it. Uh, 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 it goes on. When the Antichrist comes to power, there will be a great leader, but he will be a temporary leader and he will offer hope. Friend, the world will look at him as hope and they'll look at religious people and they'll go, ha, that's why they're gone. This is the real deal. And the Antichrist will fool many. 
That's one of the things that will happen. Friend, it'll be temporary. His reign will be temporary. The one who offers hope will be shunned by the one who opposes everything we believe. Now look, something amazing will happen on this earth. Are you ready? There'll be two witnesses that will come. There's a lot of talk about who these two witnesses are. These two witnesses, some say that it'll be Moses and Elijah. Some have different theories of who these people. The scripture never really points us to who these two witnesses are. Now, mind you, I'm gonna, can you give me a few more moments? Because I'm trying to encapsulate for you the tribulation that is, that is going, that is ahead of us here. Not believers, but the world as we know it. And these two witnesses will preach in Jerusalem. They will preach for three and a half years, and then they will be killed. These two witnesses. They will be killed and it, uh, the scripture talks about how when they're killed, then something will happen to these two men. These two men that are preaching and then they are killed will then be resurrected before the eyes of men. The Bible's very clear that all will see. And that's not hard to believe given the internet that we have today. Yes? Once upon a time, somebody might have read Revelation and said, how is that even possible that everyone will see these two men resurrected? www.yesyoujustsawit.com That's how it happens. The internet, but back when, you, you understand what I'm saying? That years and years ago, even when I was a little kid, the internet wasn't, listen, there was a day, young people, that internet didn't exist. For those of you that remember the good old days. You have mail. Y'all remember dial-up? Some of y'all revival happened right away. That's me, I remember dial-up. These kids don't know dial-up. They want everything boom, boom right now. Listen, there was a day when it was questioned, how will everyone see these men resurrected? How will these, how will these men be seen by all eyes? Oh, it's easy now. It's easy now. We look at the world today, and there's times I just have to shut off the news. Has anyone ever shut off the news going... I'm going to stop now because this is no longer a joy. This person talking about that person talking about this, that, and the other. Don't even get into politics. Forget it. So many views, so many things. Nobody can agree to disagree anymore. How is this possible? The world will see these two men resurrect before their very eyes. And all will witness their return. Why? Because man doesn't dictate their final hour. God does. I thought I'd get one amen on that one. I got one. I got one, two. I got two, three. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I can proceed now. Thank you so much. Everyone will see them. Everyone will witness their return. And they will know. God is the one with the final word. These men are legit. Last thing I want to talk about 
is something that will take place that is a game changer. Friend, the mark of the beast. This is when the Antichrist will demand everyone to mark their forehead or wrist. And friend, you don't have to be too savvy on the internet to know that already there's a lot of things, things happening around the world, inserting chips and things of that nature. But be that as it may, I'm not going to go into detail of how that will transpire because I don't plan on being here. But many believe this to be the 666. No one will be able to buy or sell without this because this will identify that you have fallen into agreement with the one world order. Friend, can I make this crystal clear? God is not about the one world order. That's why the people with the Tower of Babel got in trouble to begin with. They wanted to fall under one language, one tongue, one world. And God said, no, I created nations and tongues and different. Come on, somebody. It's okay to have a different hue, skin tone. God loves every single one of them. Hello? He created nations, tongues. He created different people with different gifts. And you have to understand that that's God's nature. That's God's intention. And he was very deliberate. And these people will do the one world order. And you must fall under this. And you must take the mark. And you must do this. And you cannot buy or sell without it. And those that reject it will they themselves be rejected. This mark separates those who follow God from those who don't. So what does this have to do with all of us here today? Friend, I know I shot through this. But everything that I'm saying here, hear this. All these things that will transpire on this earth is part of God's revelation for every one of us. There's a reason. Would you agree to this? There's a reason why God put it in his word. Would you agree with that? Okay, so if God put it in his word for us to learn it, isn't it important that we do know it? Yes, okay. Then we got to ask ourselves why. Because I just gave you a boatload of information, didn't I? From the seals to the trumpets to the, to the bowls. That's a lot of information. But all of that is done for what? To reveal who Jesus is. Jesus never revealed himself so that you could stay the same. Not once. Friend, from the bottom of my heart, whether you're listening or live here, whether you're watching at home or you're sitting here in one of these wonderful chairs we provided for you, hear me closely and hear what I'm about to tell you. He never once, ever wanted this for you. What I just mentioned Never did he intend it for you. Nor the seals, nor the trumpets, nor the bowls, nor the mark, nor the earthquakes, nor the sun being turned to blood. Nothing. Nothing was intended for you. It was intended to those who reject him. And if you're here this morning, I'm going to ask you, a series of questions, and here it is. Are you ready? Where do you stand in light of eternity? How does that affect 
the rest of your life today. If you're writing or have a device in your hand or anything, please put it to the side for a moment and give me your undivided attention for 30 seconds as my worship team comes. I need you to hear my heart and look at me right here. Look at me right here. Everything that I mentioned this morning does one thing or it should do one thing. Where do I stand? Are you hearing me? Where do I stand when it comes to my relationship with God? Because the book of Revelation was written, number one, to tell us of what is about to unfold. Are you with me? Number two, to reveal Jesus. If you look at most Bibles, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus wants us to understand that over and over and over, he's giving you mercy. And one day, everything he said will come to pass. And if it doesn't, he's a liar. God is no liar. So here we are. Back to the first question, where do I stand? So here, three quick thoughts. The first thing to think about is this. The return of Jesus will happen. Friend, Jesus will come back. And when he comes back, where will I be in my relationship with him? Revelation is very clear that there will be an end of time. Jesus wins. Because of this, it is important to make the right decision and be prepared. My job as your pastor, look at me, is to make sure you're prepared to meet the Savior on his terms, not yours. Not yours, because it matters not what you believe if it opposes what he is. You can believe anything you want in this world. Go ahead. But the ruler and the standard has been set. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can be saved. Period. No ifs, no ands, no buts. It is Jesus Christ alone. The second thing to think about is this. No one exactly knows when the end will happen. Friend, there are people that tried. How many ever read something where somebody knew when the end will come? Gosh, I'm si I was sick and tired of seeing that. Somebody else out their mouth will say, I, we know when Jesus is coming. And I would go, oh, again? No, you don't. No one knows the day or the hour. Third thing, and this is a real, real important one. Every person is responsible for their relationship with God. Pastor Tony, why talk about revelation? Why, why hit on it? Why? So I've received more feedback this week on revelation. Like, I'm so excited about what you're going to talk about. I'm like, there's parts of me that are, and there's parts of me that are not. You hear me? Because there's a small part of me that says, there's some people that will walk out of this room, the very room that I preach, what I'm preaching, and will say, that's never going to happen. In my heart of hearts, I know that some will walk out of this room going, it won't happen to me. It won't happen, period. That hurts. Not me for me, my pride's sake, 
that hurts because it hurts the heart of God. Every knee will bow. My brother said it earlier. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen, before is better than later. So I'm going to ask this question as I, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right where you are, right where you are right now. Father, let these next few moments change lives forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is the part where I come down and I talk to you for a moment. If you're in this room today, and I want to make this crystal clear, Pastor Tony, uh, I don't do that. It's not what I do. That's okay. If you know that you need to get right with God, there's something in your heart that's not right, but you know this is the time, this is the hour. I'm going to ask every one of their seats right now, if you're able to, at your seat, every single person that hears my voice, stand, stand to your feet for me. Here we go. We sang the song Waymaker earlier. Why? Because Jesus always has made a way to get you to hear and know the truth. Friend, it's not the church that sets you free. It's not the preacher that sets you free. It's the truth that sets you free. It's not the communion that sets you free. It's not the great song that sets you free. It's the truth that sets you free. As hard as it is to preach something like this about the death and the things that will happen on this earth, there is a freedom that comes from that to know that there is a God who is all-powerful that can see me right where my need is and come to me and rescue me from my bondage and my struggle. It's not anything you've ever given or anything you've ever done or how you've ever served or how good you've been that will set you free. It is the truth that sets people free. And the truth is there is no name on the heaven whereby we all, every single one of us, must be saved except the name of Jesus. So I'm making this crystal clear. If you're in this room and there's even, look at me, even an ounce of doubt, of possibility that maybe, just maybe, you don't know who he is, my goodness, do everything in your power to avoid what I just preached about. God never intended you to go through that, ever. But anyone that says, Lord, Lord, receive me, he will receive openly. He will receive you openly with no rejection, no condemnation, no nothing. Just come to me, he says. And the reason why this series has been on my heart for months, Sammy, Sammy knows it. I've talked to you months and months ago. I said, I can't wait to do this series. And I put it, and I waited till God said, do it now. And I said, I'm going to wait till you say, but I'm going to keep putting stuff away and researching. And, and, and Why? 
because it's about timing and saying yes. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. If there's even a remote possibility that your life is not right, you need to slip out of your chair right now and come to this altar and say, God, I want to escape the wrath to come and I want Jesus to be my Lord. Don't you wait another second. Come meet me at this altar right now. Come. Don't you wait another moment. Don't you wait another moment. Come on. Every person from the youngest to the